a gun with the Florida Gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyam, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are reviewing everything that happened in week eight of the 2021 college football season. We're going to preview everything that happened in week nine that will happen, excuse me, in week nine of the college football season. And we will also be doing some fun, interesting stuff like talking about the quarterback draft for this coming season. And also we'll be starting off with quick kits, Tyler, which there's yet another coaching change in this wonderful, what? wonderful no. world of college. <laughs> yes. And, and, and it's one of these ma- massive high profile jobs. I'm talking LSU caliber, USC caliber. It is the one, the only Texas tech position, Tyler. Are you ready to talk about Texas? Te- is Cliff Texas Kingsbury tech- coming back to go five and seven again? <laughs> and then everybody no. at the NFL level, Matt, get Matt, uh, yell about, Oh, he shouldn't have been fired because he's a great offensive mind. Yeah, he never won more than seven games. That was Patrick Mahomes, buddy. Sorry, I had to say something <laughs> about that. I respect it. I respect it. Um, no, in fact, we're talking to talk about how Matt Wells has been fired from Texas Tech effective immediately. Um, you said something to me off air before we started recording, and it was that it was a little bit interesting given that it is quite literally his best season at texas they're, Tech. they're not half bad this year like no they're not they're, they're looking better it seemed like some things were clicking they were five and three before the tcu game and then they lost the tcu and now they are five and four but uh one win away from bowl eligibility which i can't remember the last time i i saw texas Tech in a bowl game tyler can you i'm actually thinking about it right now and i i'm i'm, I'm <laughs> I think it was when Quentin Flowers was still in college because I know they played USF in a bowl game that they lost, but mm-hmm. I, I have I no recollection that. of when that would have been. Like, yeah, dude, I'm I'm not so I'm not so sure about that either. What was your opinion on hearing that Matt Wells was fired? I mean, I was just a little surprised because I was I literally for the one second I looked at Texas Tech this season, I was just like, oh, look at that record. Oh, look at their scores. Like, the Matt Wells kind of saved his job. Hmm. And then evidently I was wrong. So <laughs> that's just interesting because I, from the outside looking in, I was like, oh, things are finally turning around. Mm-hmm. And then they fired him. Sonny Cumbie, the, quarter, the quarterback coach and offensive coordinator, will be the interim coach. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Sonny Cumbie has been a name in the coaching circles for a while, so I'm not surprised he's probably going to get – they're probably just going to promote him to head coach. Okay. Like I'm just – Again, from the outside looking in, that's what I think is going to happen. So we'll see. In which case, I mean, I'm not saying it was the wrong choice because I don't know, but it mm-hmm. was just not a choice I saw coming. So for for me, it didn't seem like it was getting any better. I feel like this was kind of a plateau, which to be honest, I kind of admire Texas Tech's ability to halfway through a season and probably the best season they've had in recent memory. Um, I mean, by recent memory, I mean the past like four or five years, definitely 
since Cliff Kingsbury was there. Um, it's one of the better seasons that they've been having. And so to kind of just be like, all right, yep, it's not completely working how we want it to work. We're just going to make the move now. I respect that. Um, it did seem, though, like um, that Kansas State, sorry, not TCU, that Kansas State game where they lost 25-24 last week was the last opportunity that they had to go bowling because they have four games left in the season, Tyler, and they are at Oklahoma, at home against Iowa State, at home against Oklahoma State, and at Baylor. All four of those teams are ranked in the top 25 currently. Um, and while Iowa State seems to be like the weakest link of those four teams, they still got a very good head coach and very, very, very good players on that team. So, you know, it's it seems like, okay, cool. They're not going to be able to do it. They don't Texas go bowling. Tech to win any of those games. Correct. But I... I may have given them more of a chance if they still employed Matt Wells, but since they kind of cut him halfway through the season, I really don't think that they're going to be able to do it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would, I would have made this move at the end of the season and maybe not so much at, in the middle of the season. I, you're not LSU. You're not, um, you see USC. You're not competing for those types of coaches on the market. So, so you know. it's an interesting thing to me that, people always talk about firing your coach and getting in the market early. And while for big jobs, I kind of get it. It is also meant a matter of like, despite all of that, you're still only going to hire the coach at the end of the season. Cause the 99% of your candidates are, are still working. Like, mm-hmm. so what's the benefit of getting rid of him early now for right. like for LSU, it's largely off field administrative stuff as well. USC, I admired it because I was just like, don't let him sucker you into keeping him for another year again for like the third year in a row. Mm-hmm. This is one where I'm like, what What do you really have to benefit from cutting him early? Yeah, no, I agree with you. So, I'm, I'm not mad again, at the I don't move. Know I'm just surprised at the timing. Building, so. Right. I'm not mad at the move. I'm just surprised at the timing of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um. All right, cool. Let's Let's go ahead and move forward, Tyler. Let's look at some. Before we look at games from last week, let's let's talk quarterbacks. Let's talk draft quarterbacks, Tyler. Yeah. Um, we have had some quarterbacks, specifically Kenny Pickett, kind of make that leap in terms of, oh my gosh, look at this guy, the Kenny the draft people. I will, I will entertain no other players. That's no, I will. I I will entertain Kenny Pickett, but I will entertain him second after Kenneth Walker the third. But we will have that conversation at a later date, maybe in this episode, maybe not in this episode. But Kenneth Walker the third for Heisman, that's my guy. Um. But no, 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 like the draft people, like we're friends with some quote unquote draft guys. You know what I mean? We like yeah. the draft. We do, but I wouldn't call us draft guys, you know? Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we are almost professional football watchers of college football. That's what we do. You know, yeah. that's what we do. Um, Tyler, there's some people here that let, let me let me backtrack. The narrative before the season of draft eligible quarterbacks was very different than the narrative that we are at here Um going into week nine of the college football season. Uh, we started off with QB one was like the consensus. And, like, and, and the, and the sleeper pick quote unquote was Sam Howell QB one was like the sleeper pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Neither of those two guys are looked at in terms of QB one or QB two at the moment. Um, there's been one consistent thread and that's Carson strong, the quarterback out of Nevada. He has consistently gotten buzz. Um, and he's kind of stayed there because when you're a group of five quarterback and you're, revered at that point you're kind of not going to get punished for your team's results as hard as you know uh spencer rattler at oklahoma or a sam Howell in north carolina will um so it is very interesting tyler who who do you think is playing well this season you know we talked about um 
Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell kind of thing, playing bad, playing poorly. Who's playing well? Who do you think has gotten that rub this year? Two names kind of come to mind. Um, Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati and um, Matt Corral at Ole Miss. And that Mm -hmm. is even with Matt Corral has actually had relatively pedestrian games in the last couple outings that he's had Mm -hmm. um, compared to what he's capable of. Right. But he's also helping the ball run, helping run the ball. Um, he operates a very creative, unique Lane Kiffin offense, in which case, to be fair, we have to put it out there. Lane Kiffin has a habit of making a lot of qu- quarterbacks look good. So how, how he, has, good he runs a great really? system. He runs a great yeah. system. And, you know, there's some quarterbacks, some coaches that run a system that creates good quarterbacks. And there's other other coaches that run systems that make their quarterbacks look good. You mm-hmm. know, there is a difference. Like. And it's, you know, you're not really quite sure. Lane Kiffin hasn't, you know, had enough quarterbacks go through to have a real verdict on him, in my opinion. I agree. Um, but, you know, Matt Corral, SEC quarterback, putting up a lot of numbers, making a lot of throws with a great wide receiving core. Desmond Ritter has gotten steadily better every single year he's been at Cincinnati. He looks mm-hmm. the best of his career. He, like, I used to, like, when he was young, it was like, oh, he's fine. You know, he can make mm-hmm. a couple throws here and there and he's good. He's a good runner. So he'll be he's a fine group five quarterback. Now he's like a legitimate threat. And I kind of joked last week when I said that Desmond Ritter QB won. Um, <laughs> like I kind of joked. There's a part of me that's kind of sees it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know. Those are the two quarterbacks that are like firmly are draft eligible quarterbacks playing well are improving their case. There's obviously Carson Strong, but that's a little bit of a different situation because it's like Carson Strong's playing well just means that he's going to get buzz. Not like right, right. He was not already in draft conversations, really. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe that will change as this as you know you go through the draft process, you go through the combine, enough people start to like him and his measurables and what he did. But like while he looks the part of the whole this year's Zach Wilson, he's not being he's not being marketed that way. You know, right. Right. No, I compl- I completely agree, and and I think it's important to note that. How do I how am I how do I say this nicely? Um, draft people and college oh football people. <laughs> Tyler hit me with the oh boy. Draft people and college football people, while they intersect in terms of they watch the same product, they are their approach to watching it is completely different. Right, a good college football quarterback isn't necessarily always a good draft prospect. And I think that's very important to make the distinction because you can look at people like, um, I think the best example for this is Bryce Perkins from a couple of years ago, best recent example where Bryce Perkins, when he played at Virginia was fan freaking tastic and was incredible and was a threat in terms of any playing any college team. But he was never really taken seriously as a draft prospect because he didn't have the tools that NFL scouts look for in terms of a quarterback, right? Part of me believes that that is a bit snobby um, in a certain point, because I think you have to eventually just say, does the person win football games and do they make your team better? Um, And I think that they look at it a bit too much. But another part of me understands that, yeah, the game is different at the professional level and you're weeding out a bunch of different people, um, you know, from from collegiate teams. So I understand that. Um, I think one player that has kind of, 
I think one player that has kind of really just surprised me this season is one we referenced earlier, Kenny Pickett. Because Kenny Pickett for a long time was considered by many to be just a really good college quarterback. Like like Kenny Pickett wasn't going to be transcendent, come off the page, or like stand out on tape. But he was a serviceable, really good, above average college quarterback that a lot of teams in the in the country would have wanted to be his their starting quarterback. Yeah. This season he's kind of taken that second that leap where the draft people are looking at him going, "Oh, okay, he fixed this mechanic. Oh, okay, he's um his the time that a ball gets out is much quicker. He's processing things faster. Um you know, he's elevating his his team. He's not making mistakes and all those things are true." So I think that that's really interesting. I I like watching players that um because in professional sports now like we're evaluating talent at a much younger, younger, younger age. Like we're yeah. seeing some players come out of high school and we're like, oh, he's get, he's going to be in the draft in three years. Boom. And it's nice to see players like Kenny Pickett that are older. You know, we see this a lot in basketball as well. Like, you know, they're 18, 19, like, oh, 20 years old. Oh, he's a bust. Like like Tua right now, right? Two years in and yeah. it's like, oh, Tua's a bust. Like, no. P- players take time to develop. You know, it's, they're, they're still – because some players are so good at a young level, we kind of expect everyone to be that way. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and, and we think that if you're not a good at that young elim- level. Without meaning we, to, you eliminate the possibility that people grow into what they like. Exactly. They get better as they get older. Exactly. And, you know, it's, but relating it back to this draft class is very interesting. This draft class probably feels so weak just because mm-hmm. last year's was pretty strong. Yeah. Definitely. Five first round very quarterbacks. Um, mm-hmm. I heard it said on – I heard it tweeted that it's just like to understand where we're at with this draft class, Mac Jones would be my 2022 QB1 based off of mm-hmm. what I've seen so far is what somebody yeah. – a draft person I saw said. Right. And I don't disagree with that mm-hmm. necessarily. I, you know, we haven't gotten to the end of the season. We got to see. Right. Um, but, I get, but I get it. Um, mm-hmm. This this year is just weaker. Um, and – Again, another thing like you said that we have to evaluate more college football people primarily is that there's a lot of times that NFL draft people or draft people or NFL people like over-evaluate, overthink, um, mm-hmm. convince themselves to like a guy because of measurables here, there, that, and the other, even though you know, college people will tell you will tell you we watch this guy for years and we know what they can or can't do. Mm-hmm. And the other side of the form coin. There's plenty of quarterbacks that I've been – they were great in college. They can make it in the NFL, and guess what? They don't. Yeah. Because No, you're right. It's so hard, and there's – you know, it's a flip side. But, I mean, one thing that both sides seem to be consensus, consensus on is that this year's weaker. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't that many clearly great quarterbacks. Right. And that's just something that is going to have to be figured out. It's like, to me – and this is going to piss my our friend, a friend of the pod, a uh, noted Eagles fan, Stephen Peters, off if he ever hears <laughs> me say this. But this year's draft class of Jalen Hurts, like mm-hmm. where and it's it, Jalen Hurts is my thing where it's just like he's got all the measurables in the world. But I watched that man for four years and he's yeah. great. But I know Jalen Hurts is not the answer you want an NFL quarterback because if exactly. he was, he wouldn't have had to leave Alabama. Agreed. Completely agreed. Um, if people, if 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 the narrative around Tua is what it is right now, where he's bad, he's not good, and Jalen Hurts had to leave because he couldn't beat that guy. What does that say about him? If that's what you believe, you and I, we've watched a lot of college football. We've watched Tua professionally as well. We know that that's not the case. But if that's what your belief is, 
then you can't yeah. turn around and tell me that Jalen Hurts is this, the answer to the Eagles' problems when he couldn't even beat out Tua, who nationally, quote-unquote, I'm, I'm exercising a lot of these Tua yeah, demons. Yeah, I've I seen think you're, the conversation is going a little bit shifting. off course here. I know. Like, I'm so um, sorry. I'm so no, sorry. It's, it's okay. Just, it's okay. I understand. I've, I understand. I've heard it a lot in the past couple of weeks, and Tua's this really is been your improving. Outlet. Like, it, um, is, it is my outlet. It is my but, so, but 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 I understand your point to the whole Jalen Hurts thing, and and when you compare Jalen Hurts to this draft class, I'm getting a lot of those Jalen Hurts fives where you know the person who said that Mac Jones would be QB one this draft. You and I both weren't as high on Mac Jones compared to the other quarterbacks in the class last year, but it doesn't mean that he, I don't think he's a yeah. you know a bad NFL caliber quarterback. He's, you know, he's I, been I think fine he's good. so far for the Patriots. It's, it's a matter of that's the thing where it's just like you look at all these quarterbacks in this class, and I'm like. Some of these are going to be great locker room guys. They all, some mm-hmm. of them have really good measurables. A couple of them are playing really well, but I mm-hmm. don't see any guy in here that I know for a fact can be a franchise quarterback. And maybe and I think that's important. Maybe to... they can, mm-hmm. but there's just there's no clear cuts. And even in the NFL draft, nothing's clear cut. Like I, the guy, the guy whose team drafted Trevor Lawrence and spent months thinking about it. Even I, you will, it's on the tape. Will catch me being like. We don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to be good at the NFL. Now right. he has been, but like, um, and we, and we knew, know. and we had had a good hunch that he would be. I mean, you, it's about the safest bet you can t- take, but it's still a bet. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and there are none of those safe bets this right. year. No, I get that, and I think it's important to to be distinct where you're going to see a lot of people talk about first round grade, second round grade, right? That is how they perceive that quarterback to be. Just because there are no quote unquote first round graded quarterbacks in this class doesn't mean that a quarterback won't go in the first round because the, quarterback the is Lions a position, are taking a quarterback. Like, you know, like I, the, I don't are they? Because if they end up with the number one or number two overall pick, there's a few players in terms of roster building long term that I think they could maybe, take. Maybe they won't, but it's just like they, they're not. There are 32 NFL teams, and not all of them have franchise quarterbacks. They are going; people are going to be making picks that are quarterbacks but because they need I agree. to, not I because agree, they but, should. I but, agree, but in in the Lions case, and just to kind of defend them for a second, okay. I don't think that any quarterback in the draft right now, at least in their first two or three years, is going to be better than what Jared Goff is giving them now, especially with the Jared Goff contract and what disagree. they're paying. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree. Mm-hmm. We'll see if it's like that when the time comes. Exactly. Um, but but that's just my point where you're right. A team is going to reach for a quarterback. And so there will be first round quarterbacks taken. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're first round caliber. You know what I mean? So yeah. so what we're talking about here is we understand that there is no Ray Trevor Haskins Lawrence. Was drafted in the first round. Yeah. Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. Um, I, I, I think... I think that's a good quarterback discussion, Tyler. I think we've mentioned a few guys. We've mentioned the the idea of it. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the quarterbacks and the quarterback class for this season before we move on? Well, I do have to ask, what do you – just throwing out hypotheticals, if you had to pick, predict right now, who do you think would be QB1 in this class? Like as far as drafted, like who gets drafted first, not who is actually the best? Who gets drafted first? Yes. I think – I think – It's a tough question. It is a tough question because I can see a few guys – I can definitely see Matt Corral being taken first. Um, I can see Sam Howell being taken first based on just the pure massive arm strength that he has. I can see Desmond Ritter being taken first. So I'm going to go with a combination of those three. But the person that I think should be taken first, my personal QB1 is Carson Strong. 
I can see. I, I understand how you feel that way. I think I, I sent you a video today. I've been kind of since we decided we were going to talk about quarterbacks on this episode. I've I've been over the past week, week and a half, like looking at quarterbacks, a quarterback tape type stuff. And man, I just like some of the stuff that he does. His his ability to get the ball out quickly, his ability, his accuracy is really good. He's re, he reminds me he reminds me of Tua in college in terms of how accurate he is, and that's one thing that you really can't teach, or we think you can't teach, right? Because Josh Allen. Um, learned it in Buffalo, but you know, he's very accurate in my opinion. And I think that Carson strong is just has that, like, he seems very calm when he's, when he's playing. And it's one of those intangibles that, um, you want, you want confidence to be instilled in you by your quarterback, both as a fan and as a player, I would imagine. Um, so my QB one is going to be Carson strong, but I can definitely see someone like a Sam Howell based on the arm talent. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that a UNC quarterback um, that wasn't as good in college as he should have been was taken um, in the top uh, three yeah, or Mitch something. Mitch Trubisky <laughs> was QB1 in a draft class. That should tell you everything you need to know. Mr. Trubisky was drafted over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all you should know. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I, I think as of right now, I stand that I just feel like Matt Corral. Not even necessarily that I agree with this, but it's it's coming out in me a little bit. There's mm-hmm. going to be that played in the SEC bias when the other big yeah. quarterbacks you have are a Cincinnati quarterback, a Nevada quarterback, and um, Sam Howell, who has not played as well this year as he probably should have. Large that large part of that due to the team not being as good. Macarell, you're going to see Macarell. You're going to think of the receivers. You're going to think of Lane Kiffin. He's pro- they're probably going to have several more great games the rest of the season and mm-hmm. blow somebody out in a bowl game. It's going to be hard for me to not see a team looking at that arm and being like, that's our QB one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, he could always, you don't, I can't say that with any certainty. I, I really can't. No, I agree. Like, and, and the reason, and now I was between those two. And the reason I kind of leaned on Sam Howell um, is because I think that there will be NFL teams. There will be quote unquote draft people that say, oh, but he was in the gimmicky lane Kiffin offense. You know, yep. can he can he really run an offense? It's a simple off of kind of thing. Sam Howell in the very it, pro style, like <laughs> North Carolina offense uh-huh, with Hugh Longo, yeah. Longo it, <laughs> whatever. But that's the thing. There's those biases. There's there's those things that sometimes just don't make sense. So um, until they outlaw RPOs, we're just all gonna we're all just gonna have to swing in the dark on who's a good quarterback. Like, listen, the Dolphins are running RPOs left and right because. They need to get the ball out quickly because there's no offensive line and there's only two wide, two pass catchers, Gesicki and Waddle, that don't drop the football when thrown at them. So you know what? Like RPOs are the I way. I wish the, future, the Jaguars would run some freaking RPOs. Like we they don't should. do that at all. Sh- like you should run some RPOs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway. Again, when you when you when your number one receiver wears number thirty nine, there's only so good that you can be. <laughs> Uh, what a great callback to a text message that we had yesterday. I'm, I'm still mad. I love to see it. Um, um, Tyler, let's let's move forward. Let's move on from the quarterback discussion, which was nice. I, I like that discussion. I think that was a good, important I discussion. I good about that. Me too. Me too. Let's do some notable games quickly before we review five wide from last week, tally up the numbers, and move on to this coming week. Um, on Thursday night, we had apps last Thursday. Excuse me. So a week from... Today, when you're listening to this, listeners, we had App State 30, Coastal Carolina 27. 
App State wins the football game. They upset the mullets. Um, it was fun. Hey, that, you lose I, close these highlights games. Are fun, App State, uh, sorry, at close Carolina, you're gonna lose close games. You know, um, Jamie Chadwell. When you come to Florida, you're gonna have games like this. But um, Jamie Chadwell, when you come to Florida, that is the I'm first. I joking. am hearing. I'm fully joking. Okay, um, thank you because that was the first I no, heard no, of that, that one. That my was, I, I had to throw that joke in there. Um, <laughs> good for App State. Good I agree. for App State. And you know, Coastal, yeah. you have barely lost anyone in the last two years i mean a great game against a great team um mm-hmm. i have to mention the uh chase bryce the former clemson the former Duke quarterback, saved the instagram message he got from i think it's a coastal carolina player or it might be it's just a fan be. it might just be, be a player. fan with a player thing that made f- the, the dm made fun of him for choosing to go to app state instead of coastal mm-hmm. and for when he's transferring and he just posted a screenshot of it on Twitter. You know the best part of it, though? It was one of those things where you could tell that he had just opened it. So that means he never opened it when he saw it. You know how some, when you're not following yeah. someone, it goes into that separate folder? That means that he never opened it from when it went to the other folder. He opened it when they won the game. So Chase Price nice. had that in his head. I love it. I love that so much. We love, love Petty. Good for him. We support We support Petty on this podcast. Um. Next one, Cincinnati 27, Navy 20. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not sound the alarms. I had way too many people who don't watch college football in my text messages, in my Twitter, on my timeline talking about, wow, Cincinnati can't even beat Navy good. Ladies and gentlemen, they run the triple option. Ladies and gentlemen, they run the triple option. Ladies and gentlemen, they run the triple option. It is not easy to beat a team that runs the triple option. No matter how much you think it is, it is not. There is a reason that the service academies run it. It is because they are undersized. They don't recruit at the level of other FBS programs and it is the one system that they can use that can give them uh, parity, for lack of a better word, week to week against teams that are significantly more talented, significantly bigger than them. It's going to happen, okay? Triple option teams make games ugly and close. Cincinnati deserves to be heralded and praised for getting out of this game with a victory. That's my two cents. I agree with that. Um, I mean, Oklahoma freaking made the playoff a year that they they won by one score against Army. Of course, nobody saw it because it was on pay-per-view. But um, <laughs> My brother saw that game because he got yeah. the pay-per-view. <laughs> I mean, I would t- if Florida was on pay per view, I, I would pay it. Like, um, yeah. I, take my money. You know, but you know, we make we, the big schools get these get these mulligans when when these things happen. And since mm-hmm. it is reflected in the fact that the AP poll did not drop Cincinnati at all, it, I agree. I think I think that is a sign of respect to Cincinnati. And I was watching the like college football playoff show. They had it this week, even though they didn't have the college football playoff rankings. They like can't had the show this week and they had, they had Cincinnati with like a 54% chance to make the playoff. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. We're, we're starting to really get serious about we're, Cincinnati. We're, making the playoff. we're doing this, which I'm happy about. Like, listen, please, I will, I will buy the Bearcat gear <laughs> to make the playoff. Good Lord. I won't do that. Please don't hold me to that. I, I'm trying to save some money. Don't hold me to that guys. Um, But wow, no, like that's, that's good. That's good, and they deserve to get this kind of mulligan just like every other Power 5 team gets the mulligan against the Naval Academy. Yeah. <clears throat> and Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not a Power 5 team because they're not a conference, um, but they, you know, get the mulligan as well. So. Tell um, us how you really feel. 
there's not enough time on this podcast to tell you how I really feel. <laughs> Moving forward, um, speaking of teams that I don't know if they're going to get a mulligan, but they well, they didn't get a mulligan because they dropped in the no, rankings. They, dropped. they definitely dropped Oklahoma 35, Kansas 23. I would like to shout out the Kansas University, whoever runs the tickets and the social media, because at the beginning of the fourth quarter, they tweeted and they said, it doesn't matter if you have a ticket, just get to the stadium. The gates are open. Come and watch this football game. Because at the time, there was a legitimate chance that they could upset Oklahoma. Oklahoma looked pretty bad in most of the games. Yeah, Oklahoma. First, two things. Mm-hmm. Heads up play by Caleb Williams to print, to take the ball out of the running back's hand who was going to get stopped. Is that legal? I think it is. Like I, I can't that's, think that's of a one reason of those like it looks it illegal, but it like this feels illegal, like, but I don't think it is. You the know? ball was stripped and like it wasn't pitched, it wasn't pitched forward, it was taken. It was the mm-hmm. equivalent of a fumble. Right. And take by another player. It looks like I, I can't think of any reason that it shouldn't happen other than it just feels like it shouldn't. But heads up play by Caleb Williams, it obviously worked out for them. Second thought, there's no way Oklahoma should be in this position. Oh, absolutely not. Like absolutely they not. they really more than losing a game could, they really hurt themselves here. Like cuz I don't know if they're I don't still know if more than losing right? a game. They're still undefeated. They are still right? undefeated. They are still undefeated. Well, okay, okay, more than more than and I'm not saying losing losing this game, but Okay. Oklahoma having to win a rock fight with Kansas is worse for their perception than losing a close game to Texas. I agree. Like, yeah, they're undefeated, but at what cost? (laughs) Um, And at the end of the day, it's not going to matter, but Mm -hmm. it's Oklahoma. I was feeling, I was feeling real good about you for with Caleb Williams, Williams for a little bit Mm -hmm. feeling a little less. So right now, how much, how much of it are you going to chalk up to? It was Caleb Williams first start on the road. 11 a.m. local time kickoff. Oh, a lot of all it. those things. A lot okay. of it. That does, but this is Caleb Williams' team, so mm-hmm. that is indicative of the team that we are now facing. That okay. the world is now facing. Like makes sense. Makes it's sense. Just it. This is what this. This is not like a. I'm just looking like this is something that can happen to this team. Mm-hmm. You know, not to say yeah. it would have been better with Spencer Rattler. I'm not saying that, but like, right. We'll see. We will see. But also, uh, I Lance think you're. Good coach. Thank you. I was waiting. I was waiting for that. Good football coach, Lance Leopold. Good football coach. Let me remind everyone that this man took the job halfway through the spring of this season. Good football coach. Braver man than I. (laughs) I don't know, man. Braver man than I. I probably would have taken it with the Power Five uh, coaches' salary. I, mean, I probably would have taken it. Yeah, for that. I'm not talking about that from a job perspective. Like, mm-hmm. um, correct, 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 correct. Um, all right, moving forward. Ohio State 54, Indiana 7. I don't have anything to say about this, Tyler, but one, you do. I have one thing to say about this. It's, mm-hmm. It seems to me that the world has forgotten that Ohio State exists. Like, does it seem to okay. you that, like, every college football person – they lost Oregon. Now people are stop, not talking about them like they're not a national title contender. <laughs> Everybody's talking about Michigan and Michigan State. And I'm just this is not like a Ohio State is like being, you know, duped or, you know, they're being, you know, there's a conspiracy against them. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, hey, let's remember that Ohio State is still really good. And like just factor that into your predictions for what's going to happen the rest of the year. Because if mm-hmm. I see another playoff prediction that doesn't have Ohio State in it, I'm going to lose it. Like, 
Did you see um, Heather Dinich's tweet today? No, I didn't. About her kid? Okay. She tweeted today where she was like, my kid called me out on my top four, my projected top four, and her kid said, mommy, why do you have Ohio State above Oregon? Didn't they beat them? <laughs> if only it was that simple. And I feel like that's kind of what Heather Didich was like. And I was looking at the mentions and the replies and everyone was like, oh, there was it was like 50 50 50 percent was like, oh, she's so funny. haha." And the other 50 percent was like, well, because Ohio State's a better football team. Have you seen CJ? You know, like how people get in mentions. Um, <laughs> Has CJ Stroud no, no. progressed? And yeah, I, I, I will be super 100 percent honest here. Going to be honest, mm-hmm. this is bias kicking in simply because I am looking around college football for teams that could possibly beat the Georgia Bulldogs to prevent them from winning a national championship. And Ooh. I am very much of the belief yes. that if CJ Stroud keeps progressing, Ohio State is one of those teams. And yes, that's the only reason I'm thinking about this because I'm super biased against Georgia. I'll be completely honest about it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we get there, Tyler, you know what I'm going to do. You know what I'm going to do, right? Say it. O-H. O-H. I-I-O. Thank you very much. I was waiting for you. We're in a bit of a delay here, but like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. But you're right, though. I think we are kind of sleeping a bit on them. That loss to Oregon hurt them in a lot of ways, but in typical Ohio State fashion, they'll lose a game early in the year, and it won't matter come playoff yeah, time. Again, so. I was with somebody who said, well, Ohio State's limited now. And I'm like, are you an, are you an idiot? Like... Like they also made that change I, I in defense, person, where they changed. They, that's true. They, they changed yeah. defense, and you held right. Indiana to so seven points. Is that saying much? Not, I'm not no, so but sure. I mean, held holding any team to just a touchdown is something. Right. Correct. 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 We, we we can't praise the Georgia defense for holding objectively bad football teams to zero points, and then not praise Ohio State for holding Indiana to seven. So I get that. I yeah. get that. Moving forward, Tyler, we had an overtime thriller. Illinois 20, Penn State 18 in nine overtimes. Um, it was in Happy Valley. Nine it was an upset. Times. Nine times. I want to emphasize that this is the first time where after beginning with the third overtime, teams must go for just single two-point conversion attempts. That's it. They just go back and forth. So it was much shorter in terms of time and plays than the seven overtime that LSU and um, Texas A&M had a couple of years ago. I have always, it is well known that most college football people seem to hate this overtime format, this new overtime format. I have off, I've said since it was accepted, I like this, this, this rule, like personally, mm-hmm. like just because it's the same, same as my reasoning for why I like, you know, penalty shootouts in soccer, like, right is that you already couldn't decide the game in the normal parameters. So who cares <laughs> if you start making – they're like, it's not the true game of soccer. And I'm like, you just wasted 120 minutes trying to play the real game of soccer and you couldn't figure it mm-hmm. out. Like, um, <laughs> right. We're, and this the same way I feel about this. I'm like, yeah, we're not playing the normal game now. You, you couldn't figure out who won, so we're going to penalty kicks like mm-hmm. or penalty See, two I, points. I, I agree with you and I like it. I still want to advocate for Raul's idea of a kickoff where you start at like the 40 yard line and you kick a 40 yard field goal and you go back to 45 and then 50 and then 55. I mean, that's that's then... even further in the direction of not the game. So I am super for that as well. Like, <laughs> I just, um, I just, I think that would be more fun. I think that would be more chaos. I think hilarious. the message, the message board so after the game. 
as they should be because kickers matter as well. Punters are people too. Kickers matter too. Um, Kevin Borba, friend of mine um, and the host of The Tailgaters, a podcast that I am featured on, um, which you can find on anywhere you get your podcast. Um, he was mentioning that he just wants to go back to what we had before. He wants to see the seven overtime, 85 to 74 or whatever score that we had with LSU and AM. He was like, listen, rather than just the two point plays, just give me overtime again. Like, give me the ball at 25 and going into overtime. I mean, I, and I was like, oh, you're a sicko and I love it. <laughs> see, like, I, never had anything, I never had anything wrong with that system. Like, Same. I get it from a, from a safety perspective. Like, mm-hmm. but anyway, anyway, also this game ended in a 20 to 18 score. Like talk about with nine, like, over, with nine <laughs> overtimes. That's something that I would have to remember is what's going to happen now. Like, um, mm-hmm. and, and I think people, I think people are like forgetting the fact that it's like, wow, why is this so, why is this so low scoring? Even though we had nine overtimes, the big 10, ladies and gentlemen, this the was big a 10, big yeah. 10 conference game. They already okay? didn't have very high score. Like some of those points came in overtime. Yeah, like, they did. Like, they didn't go. They didn't go to overtime with eighteen points apiece. Like, mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, James Franklin, you're gonna love it here in LA. Ooh, yes. Seems like his mind is already over there. He, he's co- he's gonna be the head coach of the USC Trojans. I I firmly believe it. Like, I agree. I completely agree. I could I see him agree. doing LSU. Just be like, I could see it. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, I would more. Like and I would get hiring him over over Billy Napier. I really would. Like, mm-hmm. I yeah, would just because yeah, no, you know, it's you know the man won nine games. The man won nine games in the SEC coaching Vanderbilt three years in a row. Yes, like as great as yes. you think Billy Napier and I think Billy Napier is. I you hire James Franklin. You hire, but James I think Franklin. I think James I Franklin's going to USC. Um, yeah. That is, I think it's already uh, happening. Uh, that is something that I agree with. But we will have that conversation. <coughs> Ooh, <excuse. coughs> Whenever excuse you. Me, are done coughing. <laughs> Whenever I'm done coughing, we'll have that conversation at a later date. Well, Tyler, another team that runs a triple option, Army, they put up 56 points. If I told you that Army was going to put up 56 points, a triple option team, and lose, would you believe me? I mean, I would have to because it happened apparently. <laughs> it did happen indeed. Uh, Wake Forest put up 70 to Army's 56 this game was insane. This game that they kept breaking into, like, you know, Lola, let's send it back to the studio for an update on this game. Well, you'll never believe what's happening in Army Wake Forest. Um, just lots of offense, very little defense, and a whole lot of fun for the college football fan. Love me some Wake Forest score dropping 70 in a football game. Some undefeated Wake Forest, might I say. I still cannot believe that they're undefeated. Tyler, <laughs> we're going to get a Wake Forest pit conference game i can't the acc sucks man like, but i love it but i love it so much no, it's great it's great but like see, see because yeah. the fun thing about it now is that the acc sucks but the acc sucks the acc sucks and it's not like one dominant team and everyone else so like someone could legitimately win the conference it's crazy yeah you just needed one team to have a mediocre year and suddenly it's fun again i love it i just love college football love college yeah, football so love much sport um, not much to say there. And then we got the two Florida teams, Miami 31, NC State 30. This was a surprise to me, given that NC State is a good football team. And Miami, last time I checked, look at my watch. Yeah, no, they're a bad football team still. So 
I was quite surprised to see this close score. Um, but hey, good for Miami, I guess. Good for Miami. Good for Miami. And uh, I mean, once NC again, State, I, what are you doing? You. They haven't won ten games since Philip Rivers. <laughs> and they're not going to do it this year. They're not going to do it this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'd like to congratulate FSU for putting up fifty-nine points on UMass and only allowing three. Um, a round of, little round of applause there, Tyler, for for Florida State, the little engine that could, if one would say, little um, engine that could, Florida State University. They, I I just treat people how they show me that they want to be treated, and that is what FSU has been showing me lately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it so much, Tyler. Let's move forward to the five wide games of the week um, from last season. Last season, good lord, last week felt like it. You, UCF 24, Memphis 7. <clears throat> I picked UCF. I got the points there. I watched this game with my friends. I watched this game with UCF people. Um, they wore the space uniforms this week, this last week. Space Chef's uniforms kids. are always good. They're so always nice. Good. Now, I remember a, a legendary Stephen Godfrey interaction on Twitter where he was just like uh, an UCF fan was getting mad at him because like some other team – Mm-hmm. Is getting mad because some other team uh, also did space uniforms. Just like, like love that you like try to claim that UCF invented space. Like, <laughs> uh, that being said, the space uniforms are a dope thing that UCF does. They like, are, and they have the, like the alternate mascot, the Citronaut, instead of just like the Night Nitro. And Gus Malzahn was wearing an, a black polo with a white Nike logo and a white like Citronaut font on the chest. And then the collar was like lined on the end with like the white. Oh, it was so clean. And I looked it up to see if I could buy it because I need some UCF gear, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, And I just couldn't find it. They weren't selling it. And I was so mad. I really, really, really wanted one. Coach is always coming with coolest stuff and then it's not for sale. It's the worst. Like you will make – you will make so much money. That is your best advertisement. Throw it on the coach. Like you, you telling me that like there was there's a the um, it's hard to find, but like the dolphins have the like throw, but whenever they wear their throwbacks, they wear like these throwback like long sleeve Nike t shirts, and I can never find them on the NFL shop. And I'm like, bro, you put them on Brian Flores, like let me buy one. I'm trying to give you sixty dollars, like I'm actively trying right to give now. you money. Yeah, but yeah. you don't want to take my money because you're a bad business. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. So that was fun. That's Breaking. all I had to say Sergio about that. Sergio calls the Miami Dolphins a bad business. This is not a podcast that has <laughs> enough time for me to go into that. Um, you know what? Maybe the trade Whatever deadline is next you would Tuesday. Need would be eclipsed by how much time I would need for my professional football team. Touche. Touche. Maybe we have like a vent episode. That's not, that's not like a week. brag. That's just that we both are. No. We're both sad. <laughs> we're miserable we're miserable we're in football purgatory as i like to say um all right that so i got the point there you picked memphis i picked ucf next game we had wisconsin 30 purdue 13 i picked purdue for the content reasons you picked wisconsin for the intel intellectual reasons and you got the point there um yeah i did listen while hey, wisconsin guys, has got a been, point <laughs> congrats <clears throat> guys he got a point isn't that fun <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here looking for people that aren't behind nobody me. Cares. Um, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad that you got the point. And um, <clears throat> Wisconsin 
playing a certain team from the state of Iowa next week. We will see. Hmm. We will see. Hmm. Predictions were made on this podcast a few weeks ago. We will see. Um, so you got the point on that one. We then had Clemson 17, Pitt 27. I am proud to say, Tyler, that both you and I got the points here and predicted oh, Pittsburgh yeah. beating Clemson. I am ecstatic. Kenny Pickett looks good. Long live Pitt. Kenny Pickett the GOAT. Kenny Pickett, going back to the our goat. draft discussion, right? Kenny, Kenny oh, Pickett, yeah. first Follow round. Back. Kenny, Pickett, oh, <laughs> Kenny Pickett, greater than sign, Dan Marino. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Pickett, the greatest quarterback in Pitt history. And with that, we move forward. <laughs> <laughs> and we talk about Iowa State 24, Oklahoma State 27. I picked the, I got the points because I picked Brock Purdy. And Brock, it's Brocktober, Tyler. It's Brocktober. How did I miss that? Is the thing. How, How did you did miss? This? I miss that it was Brocktober. <laughs> How did you, of all people, miss this? That it's Brocktober, Tyler. You picked Oklahoma State. I ended up being the one that picked Iowa State. I get the points here. Um, it's freaking. Opposite How do you feel? Season. How does this feel, Tyler? How does it feel? This whole season is wrong because one, I'm losing because I pick against Iowa State, and you are ahead of me. Both because I picked things, Iowa State. <laughs> both of these things should not be true. Um, I, would, so, I would like a little bit more respect on my name, Tyler. A little bit more respect. I'm an almost professional football watcher, please. <laughs> sure. Fine, buddy. Season's not over yet. <laughs> um, but, okay. But yeah, we're creeping okay. there. This is very true. Um, so, yeah, Iowa State was better than the whole game. It's like Oklahoma State played the same game they've been playing for weeks, and this time it just didn't work out. Um, I, they even mm-hmm. got aided by the fact that an Iowa State like sixty-yard touchdown got called back for the dumbest reason I could ever think of. It wasn't. <laughs> they called it back for unsportsmanlike conduct, like taunting. The guy didn't do anything. Not only that, isn't that supposed to be a dead ball foul after the play? I can't. I mean, the the, the, the so funny like, thing so is like that they, they ended up matter. they ended up scoring on that drive with the same mm-hmm. player scored on that drive anyway. Like, so I mean, I thought that was pretty poetic, but mm-hmm. yeah, and it ended up not mattering. In October. This is what I get for forgetting that it was Brocktober. How do you feel about them storming the field afterwards? Great. Iowa State, Iowa State beat a top 10 football team at home. You love these technicalities, don't you? <laughs> they beat good. Oklahoma State. Dude. They beat extremely Spencer Sanders. Extremely fair point. An extremely fair <laughs> point. But you also have to remember, as hot, tough as it is, this is Iowa State. Mm-hmm. You know? And there are, probably yeah, people no, in that, there are probably people in those stands who have been Iowa State fans for 25 years, and only the last five of them have been good. <laughs> like When we talk about it last, last season was literally the best season in Iowa State football history. So I also – I also this is my general opinion. I also don't care about freshening the field. Like, cool, do it. I mean, I, I really – I'm for it. I kind of love that Clemson goes onto the field after every game they play because it's like – it only gets coverage on the big ones, but they they mm-hmm. rush the field. I'm using air quotes here for every right. game. It's like a thing that happens. Like they all all the fans go onto the field. It's if if it's good for the fans, if people are having fun, who cares? 
So long as it's safe, we're good. Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, and, and mm-hmm. you know, there is a small part of me that does have pride that Florida's never rushed the field. But there's also a small part of me that's just like, why didn't we rush the field at some of the greatest games that ever happened in the swamp? Like, nah, man, I would have loved to have rushed the field against Ole Miss. I would have loved to have rushed the field in both Tennessee games while we were there. I like which those we, we would have never gotten to because we were way too far high up. But um, yeah, but we like made our way down. It would have been fun. Yeah. It would great pictures. Um, you know what I mean? And my dad always tells a story about how he felt that the greatest game ever played in the swamp the, in the 1997 season, uh, where mm-hmm. um, Florida beat Florida State, the number one team in the country, ruined their chances of yeah. a national championship at home. This is mm-hmm. the Fred Taylor game, the switching quarterbacks game. He, my dad has always said that he's the way he saw Spurrier there at the end of the game. He felt like Spurrier was trying to get the crowd to storm the field without telling them to, because that was the big moment <laughs> and it didn't happen. So mm-hmm. unfortunate. Anyway, it didn't happen um, then. Not as unfortunate as me not getting Last a point five there, wide, but Correct, but yeah. it's okay because neither one of us got points with Oregon 34, UCLA 31. Um, we both took UCLA, uh, and it turned out that Oregon won the football game, which was actually turned out to be good. They were down for a bit, but they ended up I mean, good for them. pulling I, I, it out. I'm going to say yeah. something that I, I don't know what your opinion was on it. Going to be honest here. I love the eggshell uniforms. Um, I liked them. Okay, I, they were cool. I was indifferent on them. I was indifferent on them because I have definitely seen worse Oregon uniforms. So that's part of it too. Is that like Oregon has so mm-hmm. many uniforms that I've seen some really dope ones, and I've seen some mm-hmm. ones that they just should forget about. <laughs> the one they wore yeah. when no, Washington dropped I'm seventy you, on them in twenty sixteen, they should just never wear those again. Like <laughs> <laughs> for for multiple reasons. Multiple reasons, but they also looked horrible. No. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I actually – I didn't mind them. I thought they were cool. I thought they were like this – I don't know. It reminded me of looking like chocolate chip ice cream. I know that's such a weird analogy. No, I I, they, yeah, I thought the same thing. But no, it's like, you know, it's not cookies and cream because that's like two mixed in together. Chocolate chip ice cream is like has just a little chip sticking out. It's very nice. Like eggshell, you know, that, the, the color. I liked it. I thought it was nice. Um, two point conversions. Tyler, you picked Washington over Arizona, and uh, you kind of sweat that one out, but you got it. <laughs> Twenty one to sixteen. Touch and go there for a minute, man. It's real touch <laughs> and go. I'm done with Washington. I'm done. My favorite. My favorite part about this game was watching the um, Washington fans on Twitter and on Reddit um, treat this game like a loss, even though they, they won the should. football game. <laughs> they should. You sweated out into the fourth quarter with now 0-7 Arizona. Yeah, dude. To make, to make you 3-4. and four. If Jimmy Lake doesn't do some serious soul-searching this offseason, get his, get his butt, butt out of there. He um, doesn't need soul-searching. He needs offensive coordinator offensive searching. searching. That's what yeah. he needs to do. Just, he needs to you, find you know what I mean. Yeah, so when I've, mm-hmm. I've ad nauseum about this, so just get, dude, move on. I don't want to ever think about this game again. <laughs> Well, I um, just for the fun of it ended up picking Tulane to beat SMU, and I was wrong. SMU put up fifty-five. Tulane scored twenty-six. I did not get any points there. Um, that brings our grand total to Sergio thirty-nine, Tyler twenty-eight. Tyler, you're within eleven. Yeah, 
That that's you know that's two week game. That's two score game. Two score game, my friend. It's not over till it's over. You still got this. <laughs> oh boy. Um. All right, Tyler. So the AP poll. Not too much crazy movement, and I think this is the last week that we're just kind of going to glance over the poll because on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, is the first college football playoff rankings, Tyler. Oh, yeah. The the important ones, the ones that matter. So we will be leading our review show with those college football playoff rankings. Um, we may do one show again next week. We don't know, but we will definitely be leading with those rankings because those are the important ones. We'll see how they come out. Um, I'm interested. I'm very interested to see where Cincinnati ends up. I'm very interested to see how the committee rates a team like um, Alabama, a team like Oklahoma, and then the winner of, which we'll talk about in a bit, Michigan, Michigan State. You you see how much that victory the week before the playoff committee meets, you know, how how big that that's going to be. So I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Yep. Me too. All right, Tyler. You ready to go into it? Let's rip the band-aid off. This Saturday, we have <laughs> the Florida Gators. <laughs> we have the Florida Gators, the unranked Florida Gators, might I add, going up against the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. It is a 3.30 kickoff on CBS. It is the game of the week. Um, it is... Residing in Duval County. Duval. There you go. Did it for you, buddy. Jacksonville, Florida. It is the world's largest outdoor gathering of people that consume in a beverage that may or may not allegedly contain alcohol party. Um, I don't think we can legally call it the world's largest outdoor cocktail party anymore. Um, I mean, I'm glad to, but whatever. Um. That's what it is. It's it's Florida Georgia. It's the biggest game on the season for Florida every single year. Um, the floor is yours. I don't even know where to, I don't even know where to start. The floor is so, yours. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with some positive. I think if Florida starts and plays Anthony Richardson for the full game, Florida has a legitimate shot to win this game. I do. I genuinely believe that. I okay. think that Florida's offense with Anthony Richardson at the helm for four quarters can create enough explosive plays to maybe win this game. Um, that, but if, if Mullen is going to keep doing the quarterback shuffling, which he sounds like he's going to do, this is going to, it's going to be pretty easy for me to see Georgia winning this game because Anthony Richardson, would need the whole game, all the series he can get, cause he's going to have some lumps in there. Cause he's still a redshirt freshman. He's going to have some terrible plays here and there. I mean, he's going to have some great ones, but he's going to throw an interception or two. That's not great. And you want to give him as much opportunity as possible to, to to bounce back from that, so you didn't play the whole game. If he Mullen, I think is going to keep switching quarterbacks because he has not had an indication that he's not going to do that. Um, and because of that, I think that Florida is going to kind of shoot themselves in the foot a little bit. They're going to make about three drives probably at the beginning of the game where they punt or they turn the ball over, and they didn't need to. Um, and you can't make those mistakes against Georgia's defense, the best defense in the country. And Georgia's offense, I wouldn't say is good, but it's not bad. You know, it, is that make sense? Like, I just, I still don't, yeah, see, no, I, I get still that. I don't get that. fear Stetson Bennett. Agreed. I don't but either. I, I, but Stetson Bennett is good enough to dissect this Florida defense if they played like they did last week. 
I don't and know if dissect the defense, but he's definitely okay. good enough to Jordan's make plays. offense is good enough to run through this yes. defense if they play like they did last week. This defense has played better for much, much more of the season. LSU was probably their worst game. Um, mm-hmm. But I just... Ah, there is a path that Florida can take to win this game and shock the world. And honestly, is that I don't think that Dan Mullen's going to take it, is my thing. Because okay. he has given no indication that he's going to start Anthony Richardson and play him. Because he keeps saying that both quarterbacks will play. I think Emory Jones is going to start. They're going to keep. They're going to flip flop series, which is going to be good for no one until we're down twenty one points, and he's going to start playing Anthony Richardson the whole way anyway. That's so. my fear. That's that's why I'm not as. I mean, I'm going to watch the game. Obviously, um, I'm going to do better. Watch every. I mean, I I watch every Gator game, but like. I'm going to watch every single play and like, I'm not going to abandon the team. And look, I hope I'm wrong. I honest to God, hope I'm wrong. I want nothing more than Anthony Richardson to play the whole game. than for us to shock the world and for us to put up 21 first half points, people be like, Whoa, Oh my God, no one's done this to Georgia's defense. Blah, blah, blah. But this Florida, uh, this Florida, this Georgia defense is incredible. And I, while I do think that Anthony Richardson is capable of making those plays and being explosive and, and if given the opportunity, massive if because of what we've seen from Mullen this season, um, I think that this is going to be a very difficult situation for the Gators. I think this Georgia defense is unlike any other Georgia defense that we have seen in recent memory. I think this is the best defense full stop in college football since the 2011 Bama team. I don't see a world where this offensive line who have been playing much better by the way all credit to them they've been playing much better throughout the whole season i don't see a world in this in which this offensive line is able to contain georgia's defensive front for all four quarters which i think we need to do in order to beat in order to beat them i'm not as worried surprisingly because last time i checked todd grantham is employed um i'm not as i'm not as worried about the florida defense going up against the georgia offense i'm really not my issue is can we score points on this georgia defense and can we score points consistently to be able to make it a game close into the fourth but then again i remember my freshman year of college where muschamp went in and the man mike mcneely where if you say mike mcneely in gainesville today everyone knows exactly who you're talking about hero um and we national hero and we ended up winning a game that we had absolutely zero business winning. All right. Absolutely zero business winning. So I understand that things can happen and I hope that they do, but just looking at the situation, I am not as optimistic. I, I don't, I don't see a don't path mistake because, this for optimism. Listen, all right. Like, no, no, I know. I know. I just, I just, I I'm, I'm very down right now and it's kind of sad in my opinion for myself. Um, but I, I just don't see it, man. And it's very difficult for me to be optimistic or f- see that path, even though I know it could exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I say is that it's just like Anthony Richardson unlocks a vertical passing offense that honestly, even with Kyle Trask, we didn't see because Anthony Richardson has a better arm. Um, like Kyle Trask, we had a prolific passing offense, but from a straight line vertical threat, Anthony Richardson to Jacob Copeland is something that we haven't we haven't quite seen from a schematic standpoint. And honestly, I don't think George has seen it all this season. And even with a defense as good as that, you just got to beat one corner to do that. And so mm-hmm. all I'm saying is that, like, given four quarters, it's possible 
that Anthony Richardson could keep us in the game. But I know that that's not the game plan they're coming in with. So I'm like, Florida is not winning this game, in my opinion. Like, I am of the opinion that there is a world where that where Florida could. But I am like 100% confident we won't we won't take the steps to make that a reality. And at the end of the day, I, I think in order for Florida to win the game, I think in order for Florida to win the game, Georgia has to make more. Mis- Georgia has to do more wrong than Florida does right. That's probably true. Um, yeah, I mean, what's comforting if you're a Florida fan is that this Georgia game was already going to be tough, so probably lose this game. The schedule from this point out is really looks really favorable. You could mm-hmm. end this season strong, in which case yeah. would bring you into a better situation next season. But we will see. You have to get to this game. And I hope it's not too bad is my thing because there's absolutely a world where Georgia just f- curb stomps Florida, in my opinion, mm-hmm. if that, that there's exist. a world where that exists. Florida hasn't been curb stomped at all this season. Even the Kentucky game, which is only a seven point loss. Florida hasn't been curb stomped. We haven't been. So it's possible. I hope it doesn't happen. I'll be watching this game with people, so. I'm with you. I will also be watching this game with people. Um, and I just, I hope, it, I hope we pull it out. You know, I hope we pull it out. Me too. I'm not, I'm not I'm optimistic, not like you though. said. Neither am I. I. I think Georgia wins this game, but I, I hope we win. I hope that situation, because right now, like I know, I know that situation exists, but I just can't, I don't have a roadmap to it. You know, I think Georgia needs yeah. to make mistakes and I can't really predict Georgia's mistakes because I've yet to see Georgia make mistakes this season. <laughs> Defensively, know? they don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, they just don't so. make mistakes for on, on defense. So, and, and then again, this could be the 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 Anthony Richardson game. This could be the like, okay, boom, unequivocal. There it done. is. Booyah. This is it. There it is. Exactly. And I hope that's the case. So, all right, Tyler, let's quickly go through these five wide games. Yeah. Um, the game of the game of the week, in my opinion. Um, Big noon is a noon kickoff. <laughs> Big noon kickoff on Fox. Um, it is the number six ranked Michigan Wolverines going into East Lansing to take on the number eight ranked Michigan State Spartans. Noon kickoff on Fox. Um, Tyler, you go first this week. Who do you have? All right. I could spend a long time talking about this. I really could breaking it down matchup by mm-hmm. matchup. And there are many things to think about this, but I'm not going to spend very long in this because. I have been on the I've been the champion of hold the role of Michigan Michigan all season. So I'm gonna go with Michigan mm-hmm. State. I believe in Mel Tucker more than I believe in Jim Harbaugh. Um I like what I've seen mm-hmm. out of Michigan State more than I've seen out of Michigan. I think Michigan State's gonna get it done. I think they're a more balanced offense. I think that they're gonna come in and they're gonna win. Two words. Heisman moment. Oh. And that's for Kenneth Walker. And that's for Kenneth Walker the third, the running back for Michigan State. Put me down next to your next to that T. Put a little S. I did next to brother. it. I did because I got Michigan State as well. I'm with you. Um, this is going to be a. F- Let me rephrase that. I was going to say a fun and physical game. No, this is going to be a, a rough football game. I'm hoping it rains. I wish it. I wish this game was played in <laughs> if the snow. It rains, that would I know be it perfect. I know it won't snow, but I wish it would play in the snow in the rain weather because it's going to be two teams running the football. This game might be over in three hours, two and a half, just because of the time of possession, just because of the way that these two teams run the football. 
and how well they do it. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited. I got Michigan State. I agree with you. I trust Mel Tucker more than I trust Jim Harbaugh. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Kenneth Walker the third, Heisman moment. Book it. Next game, Tyler. Texas is traveling to Waco to take on the number 16 ranked Baylor Bears. It is a noon kickoff on ABC. I go first here. Um, okay, so we've seen a really good Baylor team, a really under-the-radar Baylor team, in my opinion. They're really not getting as much national attention as they, quite frankly, deserve, in my opinion. Um, Texas, on the other hand, is getting a lot of national attention, and Texas is playing some good football in the second either in in one half right they're they're playing good football in the first they're half or they're playing good capable, football in the second half and they haven't they're just, super capable of playing really good football at any given moment but they don't do it a lot like mm-hmm. exactly exactly um friend of the podcast uh the host of tailgaters uh kevin borba um he is a noted texas fan uh he was telling me that he is extremely nervous for this game which gives me all the more reason why i think i will pick texas because I think what happens with Texas and their fans is that they kind of like get overconfident on games that they end up like losing and shouldn't, but they end up getting very worried about games that they typically end up winning. I think this is a close football game, but I really, really, really like what, uh, what's the name of the Texas running back? Bijan um, Robinson. What's his name? He's Bijan Robinson. I really like Bijan Robinson. Um, and I think Casey Thompson is going to be Future Miami Dolphins, Bijan Robinson. Uh, don't do me like that. Don't tease me like that, my friend. The next Ricky Williams, huh? Um, <laughs> both win the Texas. Anyway, no, but I, I like Texas here. I think just talent-wise, I liked what Dave Aranda's doing um, at Baylor. I think he's developing a good program. He's another one to look out for the LSU job, by the way. They would so try to bring him back. Note, they would but try. he's someone to look out for. Um, I could see that. I could see that happening. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like Texas here. I like B. John Robinson and... I think this is one of those games that people can point to and be like, okay, yeah, no, Sark is the is the right guy for this position. They can look back at this game and this offensive production. They're going to get better as the years go on. They're going to they're recruiting better already. Um, and once they get better talent in, and they're going to be able to develop guys, I think it'll work out there. So I think this is one yeah. of those one of those um, look at the look back on the season and okay, that was a good moment for Sark and and the guy. So I'll take Texas. Yeah. I will take Baylor. Um, because I think it's going to be a close football game. It's going to be kind of a, a a coin flip, and I am super behind you, so I need them points. Also, it's it's just you know Baylor's been a lot more consistent than Texas, and now their highs have not been as high. Texas, mm-hmm. when they're playing well, is a much better football team than Baylor, but Texas yes. does not play at that level all the time. And Baylor kind of plays, has been very consistent. So I'm going to go with Baylor mm-hmm. to at home. Yeah. Good. I like that. Um, next up, because there's a lot of fun games this week, but um, we just wanted to have a little bit of fun on the pod. Um, we have FSU taking on Clemson. It's a 3.30 kickoff on ESPN. Um, Tyler, you go first, but I'm pretty sure I know who you're going to take and who I'm going to take. So would you do the honors? Well, y'all, I can't. I can't. Clemson has sucked this season, but I can't do it. I'm going mm-hmm. with Clemson. Like, yeah, no. like I can't and, pick FSU. And this is a Clemson team um, where DJ Uyunglele was benched last week in their loss for a quarterback to, who um, also has a confusing last name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These five stars, I'm man. Not I'm confused. Try I, mean, to I can't say. say anything. I have a complicated last name. I'm not gonna make fun of people. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um, 
I, I as a guy with the name is Tyler Williams, it's kind of you know, it's fair. It's fair. Um, I will also different, take different. You good? Yeah, no, I, I, I get you. You kind of went in and out there. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. You you went in and out there for a second, but it's okay. We're back. We're back going. Okay, I agree with back. you. We'll, we'll, we'll um, move to the next one. Just We'll move on to the next one. We're both taking Clemson. Even though Clemson struggled at quarterback, even though the offense have been anemic, I don't see a way. The defense has been pretty decent for Clemson. Um, I don't see a way in which FSU is able to how do, how do I say this nicely? Be nice, Sergio. Uh, the FSU's offense sucks. So I don't think they're scoring on Brett Venables. And you can't win a football game if you don't score points. There we go. That was the nicest way I could possibly say that. We're going to move forward. Um, the number 10 ranked Ole Miss Rebels taking on Auburn 7 o'clock on ESPN. Sneaky game of the week. Like sneaky yeah. game of the week here. I'm excited for this. I'm excited. Um, I go first on this one. Yes, I go first on this one. Um, I, Tyler, okay, I give you permission to smack me across the face the next time you see me in person if you want. <laughs> but I'm going to say a statement that I think that you may or may not agree with me with on. I think I have to retire the bad Bo Nix mantra. I don't disagree. Okay. Thank you. I, I'm not going to champion this okay, cause. This is good. But, this like, is good. but like, I don't agree. I don't disagree. <laughs> like, I'll be the face. Like, I'll be the face of this cause for you. Don't worry. I think we need to retire the bad Bo Nix mantra. And I think we need to officially just say Bo Nix and imply that Bo Nix is a good college quarterback. Going all the way back to the beginning of the episode, talking about quarterbacks and what a good college quarterback is versus NFL. Bo Nix is now a good college quarterback. He has been playing very well over the past three, four, five weeks. It's kind of crazy how when you he's get a, a quarterback now, so. that develops quarter, he's in a real offense. You get a coach that develops quarterbacks, and all of a sudden he's able to thrive and do and be more consistent. It's almost like the Gus Bus is a bit of a wild experience for the quarterback position. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think I like Bo Nix as a whole, and for the sake of chaos. And because I, I got a little bit of insurance here, I am going to take Auburn at home over Ole Miss. And this is a decision solely based on the idea, the principle, that if Auburn plays well at the end of the season, we can get a fantastic Iron Bowl and anything can happen. Because what did, what did we say last week? The only thing crazier than Bo Nix beating, beating Alabama once is Bo Nix beating Alabama beating twice. twice. <laughs> um, that would be crazy. Um, mm -hmm. Would it be crazy if just for this if this were to happen? Yeah. If Bo Nix has as up and down a career as he actually has, but at the end of the day, you get to say after his four years is done that, yeah, he went three and one against Alabama. Like, um, <laughs> like that would be crazy. Um but okay, that would be college football, what, baby. That would just be college football. Be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, give you a little secret here. I was going to pick Auburn, mm -hmm. and I'm sprinting to the podium to pick Ole Miss now because um, you, you, <laughs> you picked Auburn, so I feel really cool about picking Ole Miss. Um, I, I like this spot for Auburn at home. 
Ole Miss has kind of been mm-hmm. a little up and down with injuries lately. Nothing crazy, but you know, re- like pedestrian performances against Tennessee and LSU, where they won. Um, mm-hmm. But and uh, Auburn's got him in a really good spot. But I still, I'm, I'm going to trust Lane Kiffin. Terrible, and, terrible and listen, sentence to utter. Terrible sentence to utter. But I'm going to do it. Listen, and and I get that. And honestly, I probably should have made that choice as well. But I don't know, man. There's something no inside me that's no, no, no take backs. I'm I'm rolling with Auburn. There's something inside me, man, that's just telling me go with Auburn. So I'm going to go with Auburn. I I understand where you're coming from. I I do understand where that thought process is. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, moving on to the last one. Last one. Yep, it number. is uh, the number five Ohio State Buckeyes are posting the number 20 Penn State Nittany Lions, 7.30 on ABC Eastern. Okay, I go first. Yes, you do. I spent like five minutes talking about how everybody's forgetting that Ohio State exists, so I have to I have to pick them. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. Also, Penn State just lost to Illinois in overtime. So, you know, I'm not feeling so- too great about their chances. So for me, it's not the fact that they lost to Illinois nine overtimes. It's not the fact that I agree with you. I think we're not giving enough attention to Ohio State. I just think it's very difficult to win a football game, a big football game nonetheless, when your coach thinks that you're playing Illinois and not Ohio State, Um, when your coach is basically looking at beachfront property in Southern California. Yeah, when your coach is looking at beachfront property in Southern California, I don't think that's a recipe for success. Hey, man. I would like to um, also join on that bandwagon and take Ohio State. All right, Ohio State gonna get get a ranked win. Although if Ohio State loses, get a this ranked game, win. I'm Congratulations, so Ohio State. <laughs> and that's fine. I'm gonna laugh my behind off. It's gonna be so great. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be. I I I, just, I don't think that happens. So I don't think it happens. Me too. All right, Tyler, two-point two point conversion. I'm going to go first. Very, very interesting to see what we got going on. There's a lot of fun games this week, like under-the-radar interesting games. Um, we have got Cincinnati-Tulane. Cincinnati's traveling to Tulane <clears throat> in a very good game. We got Miami heading to Pitt, and that's going to be interesting. Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech. Um... I like Iowa State, West Virginia. I like, um, ironically, Missouri Vanderbilt. I kind of am interested in. Um, but I think the game that I'm going to go with, the game I'm going to go with is TCU, Kansas State. It's a 3.30 kickoff on ESPNU. Uh-huh. I am going to take, ha ha ha, I'm going to take Kansas State because the game is in Manhattan, Kansas, and it looks like it is, um, approaching uh, we're reaching the end of the line the end of the rope if one would say with gary patterson at tcu and so i think that um kansas state will be able to capitalize on that these are just the kind of games that they win they they somehow always go seven and five eight and four um these are the games that they win i'm gonna take kansas state over tcu tyler what's your two point all right well i wanted that one but um (laughs) I am gonna. I'm gonna take a page from your book. I'm gonna honor something that Sergio de Asperia has said before on this podcast that didn't make it into five wide, but I'm gonna say it: the Wisconsin Badgers are beating the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
Do it. And I'm going to pick Wisconsin to win at home over Iowa. Um, I immediately regret it because Iowa's ranked number nine and Wisconsin's unranked. But you know what? I'm still going to do it. Tyler, and to I'm think, just so and to glad think that I was you're... this close to picking Notre Dame to beat North Carolina. Oh, vomit, vomit, <laughs> vomit. Dude, thank you so much for making that pick because I have been saying for a few weeks now, I think I said it once or twice on the podcast, but I definitely have texted it to you a thousand times. Um, and we have definitely talked about it off the air. I have said Wisconsin is beating is beating Iowa. Like that was where I thought the Iowa Cinderella story was going to end. But no. It it uh, it ended beforehand, which is fine. But I just I think but that now it's really Wisconsin gonna is going to be able now to. It's really going to end. It's oh yeah, yeah. The, the casket is closed. Wisconsin's going to nail the put the nails in the coffin. It's just that's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. Awesome. Um. So to recap, Tyler, our five wides: Michigan, Michigan State. We both have Michigan State. It's a noon kickoff on Fox. Texas, Baylor, noon kickoff on ABC. I have Texas. You have Baylor. FSU, Clemson, three thirty on ESPN. We both have Clemson. Ole Miss, Auburn, 7 o'clock on ESPN. I have Auburn. You have Ole Miss. Penn State, Ohio State. We both have Ohio State. 7.30 kickoff on ABC. And for two points, I have Kansas State over TCU. And you have Wisconsin over Iowa. Tyler, I would like to end with a non-football discussion. Oh, okay. This is an intervention. I care about you. I love you. This obsession with candy corn needs to stop. Oh my god! It, it needs to stop. It I'm does. not it obsessed. Needs to I just like it. Okay, you know, if you like it, you're obsessed because no sane human being will casually like candy corn. Well, you're friends we with a bunch of crazy people. That <laughs> Tyler, you are my crazy friend. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> what I, I is it about candy corn that you find appetizing? Uh, I like the colors. I like the taste. Um, no, no, stop, 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 stop. You cannot start you, your first thing out of your mouth for a food, a candy, something that's supposed to be enjoyable in flavor cannot be. I, I like the look. It can't. It can't. It just can't. Well, it looks okay. cool. That's not a, that's not an option, Tyler. The, that's not an honest, option. The, not, the honest answer is that there's a large part of me that is have a steep connection to like a childhood sense of like joy. Where my parents got us candy corn a lot. Okay. Um, and there are places okay. we went as family when I was with my grandparents that had I think I think it's like Golden Corral always has candy corn in the in the desert the dessert buffet section. And okay. I would eat that a lot whenever we'd go with my grandparents. So I I associated candy corn with good. And um I have a lot of like okay, so, so you have a it. soft spot. Yeah. You have a soft spot for candy corn. Okay. I mean, I did. I I'll, all right. out myself. The other day, I was on set, and at craft services, they had little packets of candy corn, and I definitely took a couple. Um, and I and I ate them on set. On redacted, just on redact on redacted six or seven. What are we at now? I think it's, I think it's six. Yeah, redacted six. I think it's six. <sighs> all right, I guess that's acceptable. I just needed an answer. Because there was, you were just so proud of being like, candy corn's good. I'm tired of hiding it. Well, I, I was like, I'm sorry, what? No. God bless Ryan Urquhart for speaking the truth. Candy corn is good. Like, and I, I am tired you of guys, I then it. called you guys out. <laughs> I know, I know. And then, and then you discovered that there's like six people you're close with that are big candy corn believers. Uh, just, me, just in, insane. 
Look, look, I'm sorry that you don't have as many fun childhood memories as me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is such a serious burn I just said, put out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm so this very uncalled for. But um, uh, no, yeah, I like candy corn. <laughs> it looks good. It's seasonal. It tastes nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe I like to eat candles. You don't know. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I th- I also have one I have one more question for you. One okay. more food related question that is not it's not as um it's not of accusat- as accusatory as the candy corn was. What is your opinion on French toast? I love French toast. Okay, thank you. Now I knew we were friends. I knew we were best friends. French That's all I best. needed. You need to so tell the- our mutual friend by the name of Daquan Hadley, also known as Day Day. That French toast is actually good because the I man saw his has been tweet on about me. French toast being overrated, and I, 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 I refuse to interact with it just because I know mm-hmm. the way he is, and I didn't need that in my uh-huh. that my my moment at this life. Alan Redacted Six, our, it's the first time I've been on set, and the breakfast catering they serve French toast. I've eaten it every single day. Mm-hmm. I've worked on that show. Good, good as you should. I texted him and said, what is your deal with French toast? Well, why are you beefing with deliciousness? And he said, it is horrendous. And I went, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. Like, how? It is buttered bread. It is buttered bread. I'm not, but not a butter bread. It is bread basked in eggs. How is this bad? How? That's like- but you want to eat a dry, you want to eat a dry pancake? Is that what you're telling me? You want to eat something that has no moisture inside of it? I have nothing against pancakes. Pancakes are good. They're not my preferred. No, but, uh, but I would eat the trio. The trio of the breakfast syrup foods that people is French toast, yes. waffle, and pancakes. Pancakes are the third. What's your order? It's what's your order? French toast, waffles, pancakes. We are. I knew we were best friends because that is my exact same Let's order. Go. That is my exact Let's same order. Jingo. Oh man, I gotta edit this now. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> it's, a, it's okay it's it's, it's, right, for, it's, the, it's for the french toast I, I, it's breakfast food it gets me hyped up <laughs> you, you know okay this just means that we got to wrap this up so i know that it's close to the end so i don't have so far back to to, to track on <laughs> in order to bleep this out all right so all i right. agree with you thank you so much for the redemption arc you you started you, you had me in the first half you're not i'm not gonna lie you had me in the first half with the candy corn but then you made it up with the the trinity of syrupy breakfast foods that i agree with you i agree with you um next time you get next time you play D D with Day Day, make sure you, you bring this up that you also Oh, I'm for sure bringing it up on Tuesday. Thank I'm you very for much. Sure I appreciate it. Up. So happy. Um with that being said, Tyler, I think it's a great moment to wrap up the show. Um cocktail party this weekend. Let's hope that we get something good out of it. Um, even if it's just the fact that Anthony Richardson is the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some some positive development, please. And right. I get I do get it. Just like, just I'll say it. I get why they haven't fired Ton Grantham in the sense that it doesn't really make sense to fire a member of your staff while you still have four games to play. That Agreed. being said, it's also because you know that they're probably just not going to fire him. Um, but don't do that. Don't think that way. Don't think that way. Don't think that way. <laughs> okay. Well, we need something good. The, the fan base and the team, honestly, needs needs a positive development. Yeah. So let's let's we hope do. we get it. Let's hope we get it. Um. Tyler, that wraps up another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. There we go. We're on a delay today, my guy. It's just like start and stop. But we are not biased. But go Gators. Go Gators. Beat Georgia.
Tyler, why does why does St. John River flow north? <sighs> because to hell with Georgia, that's why. Georgia sucks. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>